Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Do it. I can't do Welcome it. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's season three of Chick Street Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the Chick Street Podcast. This is season three, episode one. Your hosts are Evie Jones and Annie Potatoes. This Hashtag is correct. Not my real name. This is correct. Don't talk over me. I'll introduce you. No, actually. Okay. Welcome back to Chick Street Podcast with your host, Evie Jones and Annie Potatoes. Hello. Hi. How are you? That was a delay. Start again. Well, welcome back to the welcome Chick back. Street Podcast. <laughs> okay. Wow, look, we're five minutes in and we haven't gotten through the bloody intro. This is going well. Welcome back to the Chicks Drew podcast where we talk about chicks in history with your hosts, Evie Jones and Annie Potatoes. We are so happy to be back. This is season three, episode one. Things have changed, <laughs> but we're back. Well, it was. Yeah, we did move house. We bought air fryers. We've had another <laughs> lockdown. Come We've out of lockdown. A- we went into lockdown. We came out we of the lockdown. Out of lockdown. Yeah, I, I've been remembering lockdowns, like when I think back and I go, oh, that was lockdown number three or that was lockdown number four, mm. based on where I lived because I've done yeah. – I've done three lockdowns in three different houses now. Um, your new house is great. We're so oh. happy in our new houses and for the very first time in our entire friendship, which is 20 years this year of friendship, yeah. um, we are living in the same suburb. We've never done I that before. No, It's like you're, fi- you're literally five minutes down the road. Yeah. It's, it's so yeah. good. It's great. I mean, we We've did do that. tram. Yeah, well, I mean, we did move and we realised that and then we went into lockdown. So then yeah. what are you going to do? But we were each other's bubble buddies, so that was actually really good to have yeah. um, each other so close by. And yeah. I can pick up the dog on the way to the dog park. The dog. Yeah. We call, the let's dog. call him Pete. Yeah, because that's his name. Yeah, you come and pick Pete name. up, take him to the dog park while I'm working. It's just, it's just. So good to have you so close. The last episode of the second season, last season, Mm -hmm. we spoke about you having to move because of mould and you got so much better immediately. Mm -hmm. You were living with me and then you went through a shit fight with, you know, getting your um, rent back, but you did and um, you're living in a new place, which is so lovely and light. And my mm. house is light as well. There's something in living in a home with natural sunlight. It's so good for your mental health, isn't it? Yeah. That's going to be my non-negotiable moving forward for any house I move into is natural sunlight. It's so lovely. I've got so many yeah. spots in this house where I can sit and just oh, get the solar energy into me yeah it's vitamin d it's it's incredibly important i'm just looking outside out my beautiful side window Mm -hmm. guess what's starting to bloom on my fence your jasmine jasmine you were over the other night we were having a fire in your chimney which i've 
inherited because yes. you don't have a backyard. And it's an awesome little chimney. Um, highly recommend if anyone has a backyard and you need a little – don't worry about a fire pit. Get yourself a Bunnings chimney. Yeah. They yeah, are they're awesome. Great. Yeah. They're so really great. Um, and and you looked up and saw all of the green bushes on my – and went, ooh, jasmine. And I was like, oh, no, I hate jasmine. <laughs> it's going to be so strong too because there's a well, lot. It's coming through now. But just it's chop it off, put it in a bag, and I'll take it. I love it. Okay. Anyway, um, so what have you been doing since we've been off besides moving? Have you watched anything great lately? Yeah, I've started watching a new show on Foxtel called uh, The White Lotus. Yes. And it's really, really interesting and good and well-acted, well-directed, well-written. One of those shows that got me right straight away. I was like, oh, this is intriguing. Ooh. And the guy that wrote it, it's really interesting. My friend is actually interviewing him for his podcast mm-hmm. and he said to me, do you know who this person is? And I said, I actually do. It, he, his name's Mike White. And mm-hmm. I said, is that Ned Schneebly from School of Rock? And he goes, oh, my God, it is. I said, because he's actually a really good writer and he's done a few shows that are quite amazing. Um, like, and he wrote The Good Girl. Do you remember the movie The Good Girl with Jennifer Aniston and Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah. Is that they're in an office building? No, no, that's office a space. Boring job. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah, it's she had a boring, boring. Yeah, 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 they okay. both work in a factory, I think. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. supermarket. Yes. I can't remember, yeah. but. I do vaguely um, remember, yep. He wrote that and he wrote School of Rock mm-hmm. and. He wrote Orange is the New Black and he's written Pitch Perfect. Um, yeah, he's, okay. he's really good at um, dialogue and, you know, not over-talking something and kind of it being quite real. That's why I could never get into shows like the Gilmore Girls because it was just all this talking. It's like no one talks like that. I need to check yeah, it out. Yeah, you'll like it. Yeah. Um, well, I've been watching Startup. I think I told may have told everyone about yeah. that before we because I think I was watching it then great show on Netflix about um coding and hacking and bitcoin and all of that stuff but really really good um storylines throughout it for we three characters that come together through these circumstances that you think shouldn't be together but they do and it works and it's amazing um so there's three seasons of that so I've been smashing that I'm in and- shock that there's three seasons when did they start when did the show know. start? It well, I, it's it's they they do reference like twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. So it it would have oh, okay. It's yeah, an old show. It's an old. It must be an old show. But we have just got we mm. have just gotten mm. it. Maybe Stan Stan. I mean, Netflix has just picked it up. Yeah, because it must be like one but of those. That's you know, good that there's three seasons. To, yeah, and to there's watch. one, and there has to be a. There'll, there'll be a fourth season just by the way it was kind of left. Um, but, yeah, very, very good show. And Adam Brody is great sexy. in it. He's oh. a sexy man. Yeah, I was never really into the OC. But, no, um, same, same. Anything else he's done, I thought he's quite yeah. good. Yeah, and then um, I got back into couples therapy because I realised I hadn't seen season two. And we, I think, had spoken about season one where real life couples go on the couch and they are um, they go to counselling sessions with their 
Is she? A, I think she's a psychoanalyst. Yeah, and and she works through people's or couples' couples' issues. Just complicated people. We've all got our shit. You watch it and you just see yourself in every person that gets questioned on stuff and you're like, God, I've done that in a relationship. I've acted like that in oh, past fuck, relationships. Yeah. I've had partners who have acted like that to me in past relationships. And yeah. she's just so good, the, the woman who questioned, you know, the psychoanalyst. Hey, want to get us to new and noteworthy? If you are loving this podcast... Why don't you rate and review us? That's it. Also, follow us now. I think it's called follow. It's not subscribe yeah. anymore. There's a little plus button. Just yeah. push it. Follow us and you'll get a little tick and we'll be like, there you go, followed. Yeah, Boom. give us Done. five stars. Also, you can follow us on Instagram. We're at chickstory underscore podcast. And we're also now on TikTok because that's what all the cool kids are doing. Yeah. At chickstory podcast. Oh, Bougie. Ratchet. <laughs> Chicken the nail. It's going to be a really quick one this this week. I can't remember if we've ever done her before, okay. but if we have, it doesn't matter because I'm just going to talk about something that she did this week that I think okay. is worth, worth noting. Sure. Um, Celeste Barber, good yes. friend of mine, yes, is married to my best friend from high school. Yeah, she um <laughs> she had someone have a go at her on TikTok. And they called her Celesti. Celesti, but well, actually, they called her Brilliant. fat slob, Celesti they Barber. Did. Yeah. She retorted with five words only. I mean, the girl was having a go at her because she was pro vaccination. And Celeste has absolutely no time for idiots. And, yeah. you know, that's what we love about her. Not only is she hilariously funny, she's fucking smart. And her sister's a nurse, so she's really, really up on all the medical kind of shit. She replied, it's Celeste, you fucking idiot. And And that's all. It was Australian. It was was needed. (laughs) It was no no fucks given. Yeah. It was, I have no time for you. Mm -hmm. Fuck Mm -hmm. off and keep fucking off. And when you get over there, stay fucked. It was brilliant. It was a brilliant comeback. Yeah, it's had millions and millions of views. So, um, you know, and and just I love it. Like she just shut her down with those five words. It's like everything you just said is meaningless. Yeah, it's mute. Because you can't even pronounce my very well-known name properly. (laughs) Celeste had like did a post on getting her vaccination and, you know, you can imagine how many comments she gets and she never yes. replies to it, never has, never will. But the amount of unfollow, it's like, can I just say everyone that announces themselves to unfollow someone, don't do it anymore. Just don't do it. No one cares that yes. you are unfollowing someone. Or that, and you know what? The person doesn't care. It's such a nice way. I've always said it of culling. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Put something yeah. up that's controversial and divisive, and you will get rid of all the people you really don't want following you anyway. We're going to try and not get too political and talk about COVID and make this a COVID podcast because we could yeah. go there. But just get fucking vaccinated. And oh, yes, please. And just. Sydney, Sydney, please stay in your houses. It's not hard from people that have done it. 
yes. for six months. And get vaccinated is the only way we're getting out of this. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and take um, the vaccine that is available to you. Exactly. Just take exactly. it. I've, I've got both, both vaxxed, both AstraZeneca. Um, it hurt. Not while I got it. Afterwards, I couldn't sleep on my um, side, yep. on my arm. That really hurt for like two weeks. It was a yep. long time. Mm-hmm. Totally mm-hmm. fine. Second one, absolutely nothing. So um, what about you? You're double vaxxed? No, I've got one. I've got my other one, one next week. Yep. Yep. AstraZeneca? So, AstraZeneca. Um, yep. Because, you know, and I really appreciate your doctor who you recommended that I went to had the foresight to start just saying, just take this vaccine. We've got it. Yeah. So just yeah. come and get it, you know. Come and get it. Um, yeah. And I know a lot of doctors were waiting on, you know, the indem- indemnity thing and making sure they're not going to get sued or in trouble if they did give it to someone who was under the recommended Mm. age blah 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 that's why all the resistance was there but you know he was like for the greater good I don't care about my practice this is we know it works you know he talked through the risks less risks than when you go and get Botox and all the pill (laughs) all the pill um and um so yeah if whatever is available just get it if anyone is vaccine hesitant, please just remember this. They have passed, it has passed the stage three clinical trials, okay? It is complete. There is no more stages than stage three. Know that this vaccine is completely approved, okay? The studies is what takes years, mm. but mm-hmm. the clinical stages there's only three it has passed all of them which is every other vaccine has to go through normally takes years to do okay so just remember that if you are hesitant Mm -hmm. or anyone's trying to make you believe something that simply isn't true oh sorry i'll just tap into my um my site of my magnet with my 5g on it to ask bill gates do you have a chick in the history that's how that's how we're beaming each other today yeah. through your five. We don't even think have arms. internet anymore. No, we just use our. We just I just use dial into Evie's arm. <laughs> it's great. I love little Bill Gates in my arm. So yeah, so today today's Chick Street. Um, yeah. You've probably heard of this woman, but um, and I think I told you I'd started one. I started researching, and like always we start on one thing and we end up somewhere else, which is totally fine. And I might come back to the original one. Okay. But I, but I do I, like I, those ones. Yeah. But this one, this one came to me and, you know, we say that so it, there's, you know, sometimes we, we sit here going, who are we going to do? And there's so many to choose from and we start researching and then we're like, and then all of a sudden something will just come to you. So this, this woman came to me. So I needed to, I needed to do her. So, um, Augusta Ada Byron mm. was born on the 10th of December, 1815. She was the only child of poet Lord Byron and Lady Byron. So Lord Byron, two. yeah, Lord Byron, he sounds like a real prick, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. He expected his child to be a glorious boy and was disappointed when Lady Byron gave birth to a girl. When Ada was just five weeks old, her parents separated. Lady Byron had seen one of Clementine Ford's post that said, leave your husband. And she, I think she had a cap, one of the caps. She had a cap, says, yeah, that husband. said, leave your husband. So she did. Um, but English law at the time granted full custody of children to the father. 
Um, however, really? yeah. yeah, Lord yeah. Byron was like, nah, nah, I'll be right, thanks. And he made no attempt to claim he custody. Didn't want, didn't, yep, want didn't want the girl. Um, however, he did request that his sister keep him informed of Ada's welfare. Okay. So Lord Byron leaves England forever. Ada never sees her father again, but he does commemorate the occasion by writing her a poem. Um, and then one of his poems he starts with, Is thy face like thy mother's, my fair child? Ada, sole daughter of my house and heart. Oh. But mm. see you later. <laughs> so you got to go, bye. So Ada um, ends up staying with her mum uh, and her mum wasn't really thrilled to be raising her either, unfortunately. Oh, really? So, um, to, but to prevent Ada being sent away to go and live with her father, she presented herself as a loving mother to the rest of society, mm-hmm. although she wasn't really into it. She's quoted in a letter um, saying that she writes to her aunt, um, her so Lady Byron's sister, Lady Byron writes a letter that says, I talk to it for your satisfaction, not my own, and shall be very glad when you have it under your own. So not nice. Um, no, not at all. And her childhood was pretty crappy and all of this trauma manifested in Ada being really sick as a child. At the age of eight, she was experiencing really bad headaches that obscured her vision. She was paralysed after a bout at the measles and she was subjected to continuous bed rest for nearly a year. Um, by 1831, she was eventually able to walk again with crutches. And when I read about this, I was thinking it's got the feels of that Foxtel show. You know where the, oh, the the mother the one pretends that the daughter's sick. We watched that recently, didn't we? Yeah. The act, the act. Mm. I'm thinking. I'm reading all of this, thinking. Mm, I wonder if some of that was the mother just telling Charles by proxy. Yeah, just keeping mm. her in bed, just so she didn't have to worry about it. Mm. Huge speculation there. Don't know if that's even <laughs> <laughs> what happened. <laughs> So growing up, Ada's mother, Lady Byron, remained really bitter about her father and so she encouraged Ada to get into technology and logic to prevent her from becoming a poet like her father. Lady Byron (laughs) perceived Lord Byron's obsession with poetry as a form of insanity. So Ada's mum did everything she could to steer her away from the arts and into Mm -hmm. academia. Yep. So she was taught mathematics from, from a very early age and she was privately educated in science and maths by Mary Somerville, who we've mentioned before on the podcast as being someone else's um, mentor and I can't remember who it is and any if you, if you remember, great, because I don't. Okay. What, okay. No, don't, what, don't worry. what country are we in? The UK. I'm thinking it might be Mariah Mitchell, but she was the US. Yeah. Yeah. That's, or, that's exactly who I thought of. The Scottish. Remember I did the Scottish Seven? Seven, yeah. And was that went, around that time though? I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Anyway, whatever. it doesn't matter. Anyway. Um, She's also taken under the wing of mathematician Augustus D. Moran, who taught her advanced calculus topics, including the numbers of Bernoulli. 
which is a Vanilli with a B or a burn? Bernoulli. Oh, okay. Burn. Bernoulli. Uh, in a letter to Lady Byron, De Morgan, De Morgan, De Morin, what? <laughs> De Moron, uh, suggested that Ada's skill in mathematics might lead her to become an original mathematical investigator, perhaps of first-rate eminence. Ada had a knack of drawing on her father's poetic side and she was described as often questioning basic assumptions through integrating poetry and science. So at the age of 17, she was presented at court and became a popular belle of the season uh, in part because of her brilliant mind. So many suitors started to realise that she had, she was smart and she was also described as being dainty. Um, right. Did you have a dead ball? I did. Did, did you? you? I did. Yeah, God, yeah. yeah. It was awful. Um, we are... Uh, it was yeah, ours was really whatever. Um, yeah. But the lead up was fun because we used to go every Monday night to practice the dance, and that's yeah. what we enjoyed a lot. But yeah. I hated the song from the moment they played. Oh, this is the song you'll be doing your Deb dance to. Yeah, to yeah. this moment in time, right now, I'm I still hate that song <laughs> so much. And eighties radios and Smooth FM always plays it. It's fucking what awful song songs. is that? Crazy by Ice House. Oh. Worst song. That's weird. Gotta be crazy, baby. To want a guy guy like me. Why did you do it to that song? I asked it at the time. As a 17-year-old young teenager going, what? Why? Why that (laughs) song? There's plenty more songs. We could choose a Bross song. We could choose a Whitney Houston song. God, we went with like I had mine was more like traditional. We had like we did like a waltz, and it was like, well, yeah, you were in a Catholic school, green sleeves or something. Yeah, <laughs> you just wanted a lot of ice cream, didn't you? So, yeah. you were <laughs> I did, I did. Anyway, so yes, yeah, she anyway. so Ada was presented at court, um, which is the form of you know their Deb Ball back in the day. And um, by 1834, she was a regular and started attending various events and sort of getting a bit of a name for herself. She was a really good dancer and she was always asked to dance. So she was, her dance card was full. Um, Is everyone asking me to dance? Because I'm a good dancer. So her math, her mathematical abilities began to emerge at this time and her interest in maths started to dominate the majority of her life. She believed Mm -hmm. that intuition and imagination were critical to effectively applying mathematical and scientific concepts. In 1833, she goes off the rails a little bit. She has an affair with one of her Oh, let me tell you. She has an affair with one of her tutors and she tries to elope with him, but um, she is seen with him and one of her mother's friends tells her mother it's shut down. Lady Byron and her friends have to cover it up to prevent a public scandal. Um, And then following on um, from that, she gets really heavily into gambling. Um, She likes gambling because of the mathematics Oh yeah, it. so she she would win. 
Maybe. Well, it didn't say if she was successful at it, but she just liked the, I guess, the the figuring. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, also around this time she meets a guy by the name of Charles Babbage. So anyone who's really good at their history will know who that is. Okay. He invites her to see a prototype for a machine that he's created and it's called the difference engine. So the difference engine is an automatic mechanical calculator designed to tabulate polynomial functions. It was designed in the 1820s. So it was, he, he invented the first calculator basically. So Ada becomes fascinated with the machine and she would mm-hmm. visit Babbage as often as she could. And Babbage becomes really impressed with her uh, intellect and her analytical skills. He calls her the enchantress of number. In 1935, she marries a guy by the name of William King, who later becomes the Earl of Lovelace. So in 1838, Ada becomes the Countess of Lovelace. Anyone who's following along at home is really good at their history, will know that I'm now talking about Ada Lovelace. Throughout her life, she was strongly interested in scientific developments and fads of the day, including phrenology. What's phrenology? I hear you ask. Well, it's a pseudoscience which involves the measurement of bumps on the skull to predict mental traits. She also becomes fascinated with something called mesmerism and it is uh, animal magnetism, also known as mesmerism, was the name given by a German doctor in the 18th century um, to what he believed to be an invisible natural force. He said that all living things possess this force, this mesmerism or animal magnetism, including humans, animals and vegetables. So she got really into kind of um, things to do with how the brain works, how humans function, because her mum had drilled into her that if she followed in her father's footsteps that she would go crazy because he was Mm -hmm. insane because he was a poet, which is weird. In 1844, she commented to a friend about her desire to create a mathematical model for how the brain gives rise to thoughts and nerves um, to feelings, so a calculus of the nervous system. As part of her research into this project, she visited the electrical engineer by the name of Andrew Gross in 1844 to learn how to carry out electrical experiments. She never achieved her mathematical brain machine, but she was onto something. In 1842, she translates an article that's written by Babbage, um, an Italian mathematician had seen Babbage's article, he'd rewritten it in Italian. She gets the article, translates it back to English and she, and it's all about Babbage's new machine called the analytical engine. Um, And it was a proposed mechanical general purpose computer. And it was designed by Charles Babbage. So, so Charles has written this article about this computer and Ada has taken the article, re-retranslated it after it was written in Italian, and she writes notes in the appendix, like in the appended notes. So um, in her translation of the article, she writes a bunch of notes, and in the notes she explains that the analytical engine's 
function was a difficult task and many other scientists didn't really grasp the concept and the British establishment had shown little interest in it. So she was like, hang on, this is big. Like this is going to be huge. You know, we're talking 1842 when someone's started thinking about the first computer. 1842. Mm. So the notes ended up being three times longer than the actual article itself. She lettered all of her notes from A to Z and um, note G becomes the note that she's most famous for. She describes in complete detail a method for calculating a sequence of Bernoulli numbers using the analytical machine. She describes an algorithm for the analytical engine to compute Bernoulli numbers. It is considered to be the first published algorithm ever specifically tailored for implementation on a computer. And Ada Lovelace has often been cited as the first computer programmer for this reason. In her notes, Ada Lovelace emphasized the difference between the analytical engine and the previous calculating machines, particularly in its ability to be programmed to solve problems of any complexity. She realized that there was potential for such a device that extended far beyond mere number crunching. There's a bit of a debate around whether whether or not she can kind of claim this title um, mm. and whether or not she, we can say that she's the first person who has described um, what a computer can actually do and, and a pro- programming and also um, software and algorithms, which is probably from men. But um, But Ada saw something that Charles Babbage didn't. In um, in his world, his engines were bound by numbers only. And what Ada saw was that numbers could represent entities other than quantity. So once you had a machine for manipulating numbers, if those numbers represented other things, such as letters, musical notes, then the machine could manipulate symbols of which number was one instance according to rules. It is this fundamental transition from a machine, which is a number cruncher, to a machine for manipulating symbols according to rules that is the fundamental transition from calculation to computation, to general purpose computation. And looking back from the present high ground of modern computing, if we are looking and sifting history for that transition, then that transition was made explicitly by Ada in that paper. I rest my case, Your Honour. Unfortunately, unfortunately, she was never able to test her idea as Babbage's difference engine was only completed in London in 2002. Oh, what? That took a bit. But it appears that people died waiting. Well, they literally did. Looking back at her notes, um, if it had been implemented, it would have worked. Ada died at the age of 36, very young, from uterine cancer, probably exacerbated Mm -hmm. by bloodletting that the physicians Mm -hmm. did at the time. 
Um, this this part of the story is a little bit of Britney vibe about it. The illness lasted several months, in which time her daughter took command over whom she saw and excluded all of her friends and confidants. Under her mother's influence, Ada had a religious transformation and was coaxed into repenting her previous conduct and making her daughter her sole executor. She lost contact with her husband as well after confessing something to him on her deathbed um, and it's not known what she told him. The daughter's not his. Yeah, potential. So anyway, she was buried at her request next to her father at the Church of St. Mary Magdalene in Hucknall, Nottinghamshire. The computer language Ada created on behalf of the United States Department of Defence was named after her. The reference manual for the language was approved on the 10th of December 1980 and the Department of Defence military standard for the language MILSTD1815 was given the number of the year of her birth. Ada Lovelace Day is celebrated on the first weekend of October and events have included Wikipedia edit-a-thons. Now, how fucking amazing is this? What they do in this event is they go and improve the representation of women on Wikipedia in all of the articles and the editors to reduce unintended gender bias on Wikipedia. Wow. Rewriting the history. Six copies of the first edition of her notes have been located. Three are held at Harvard University, one at the University of Oklahoma, and one is at the United States Air Force Academy. On the 20th of July, 2018, the sixth copy was sold at auction to an anonymous buyer for £95,000. A digital facsimile of one of the copies is in the Harvard University Library. Um, And that is the story of Ada Lovelace. Wow. The woman who invented the algorithm, which we can thank for the Instagram algorithm. Yeah. Yeah. The TikTok algorithm. That's the, the one that's algorithm, good. The Netflix algorithm. So anytime some, the, a computer is giving you a selection of things based on your previous choices, we can thank Ada Lovelace. Thank you, Ada. I can't believe she went on and had a daughter called Linda Lovelace who did so well in her chosen career. <laughs> Jokes, bad run at that probably, Whoa. although Annie laughed. So, yeah. Uh, she definitely wasn't the mother of Linda Lovelace. She was. But um, every time I hear the word Lovelace, that's what I think of. Yeah, I know. Now I, know. I will think of Ada Lovelace. And that was a great story. Lord Byron, there's more to him. Well, he, he wrote Lady poems. Byron. He wrote a lot of poems. He wrote, he, died, poems. he wrote poems. He died when Ada was just eight years old. Incredible woman and I think, you know, testament for just looking at one stream, you know, like looking at poetry and how do you bring poetry into mathematics. I mean... I hated maths growing up as a kid, hated it, could not get my head around, just it was useless, I just didn't understand it, it was frustrating, but I love poetry, so if Ada had maybe described a Pythagoras theorem, yeah, 
in such beautiful wordings. In beautiful poetry, then I may have gotten into it. I may be a genius. You may be a mathematician by now. We certainly wouldn't be friends, but (laughs) you'd be friends with others. And on that note, we'll see you all next week. We will see you next week. We're going to have a guest on next week, so um, wait for that one.